Hello, Jesslyn here. And Pam. Welcome to the community where we explore how Jesus is our light. And we are here to spur each other on to love God and others right where we live. We are called to shine. In the universe, which stars shine the brightest? Those that are closest. Proximity is everything. Consider the sun. It is not the biggest star, but it is the closest to the earth. And because of its proximity, it gives us the most light and warmth. In the same way, God uses who we are and where we live, work, and hang out to be a light and give warmth to those around us. We get to shine God's love and mercy to those in our path. And what better time to shine out to people than in the fall? Not only does fall usher in new colors and cooler temperatures, praise God, it can also usher in new attitudes and openness. Some of us need a reset to remember, oh yeah, we can go outside again. I love the things that fall ushers in. My husband may think I overdo it at times, and he may be right. Things like pumpkin spice latte, apple spice candle, the changing colors on the leaves, and eating fall foods, baking everything pumpkin from pie to bread to muffins, and drinking apple cider, or even eating chili. Pam, what are your favorite parts of the fall season? I love the colors of fall, and I love pumpkins. I've been known to go a little overboard with my collection because I don't want just the regular pumpkins. I want the Cinderella. I want the green ones. I want the pink ones. This year, I was in Houston with my daughter, and we took the two-year-old and the two-month-old, my grand littles, to the grocery store because it was 90 degrees outside. Who wants to go to a pumpkin patch? And we bonded with the pumpkins. Hazel touched each one of them. She found out which ones were her favorite. Jesslyn, there was one that was bigger than her. The title of it was the Big Mac Pumpkin. That is our family. My husband's been called Big Mac, J Mac. My son is C Mac. And we're the Macs. Did not buy it, but I took a picture of Hazel. And we did our own pumpkin patch in the grocery store. It was a great photo op time inside the air conditioning. And I only bought a few. You would be so proud of me because they all fit in the car this time and we didn't have to come back in a truck. Pam, I love that you took advantage of a photo op in the air conditioning. And I'm thinking that is the new pumpkin patch of Texas. So I'm going to have to do that this year. Well, for those that haven't experienced any of those fall signs yet, feel free to turn your air conditioner on to make the house fallish. Light the pumpkin smells and drink something hot and snuggle into a fuzzy blanket as we lean into two areas we can be a light this fall season to the people in your proximity. Lighting up the fall and lighting up the fun. As we give several ideas, we encourage you to listen for one or two that work for you in your gifting and capacity. The fall can be tricky as we get to October 31st and what to do about this cultural holiday. We are told to not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In this season, we have an opportunity to shine the light of God in the midst of things that can be considered evil. God, who is able to redeem all things, can even redeem October 31st. We recognize there are different convictions around Halloween and trick-or-treating, but one thing that we believe we can embrace about is an opportunity to be generous. Pam, you know a little bit about this topic as you co-authored a book about it, Redeeming Halloween. I did. That shows the power of God, Jesslyn, because I am a math person, not an English person. As only God can do, He let me become friends with an incredible English major who loved to write. We co-authored a book about Christmas, How to Redeem the Season. And our publisher came and said, hey, we know what we want you to do next. We want you to redeem Halloween. 
And we looked at each other and we said, oh, that's funny because neither one of us do Halloween. When Kim and I dove in, could we redeem Halloween? We researched and as we sought God about what to do, we landed at the same place together, confident that on October 31st, it truly was an opportunity knocking. When our neighbors come to us and knock on our door, it's an opportunity for relationships and to be a light. Jesus said it best when he said, let your light shine. Don't put it under a basket. And we decided turning on our lights and hiding felt like putting our light under a basket. When neighbors or strangers are knocking on our doors, let's be a light in the darkness. Let's light up the fun. I mean, really, let's literally light up our houses and our apartments and say, welcome. Let's be the brightest house on the block, cheerful and happy. Decorate if you enjoy that and have capacity. But at the least, let's be the most generous givers. Let's give the good candy. Maybe that means get a great big chocolate bar. Have some options for those that can't have chocolate, can't have sugar. Get the glow sticks. I like to put them in a bag. If you want to put a fun tag on it and say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Or how about, it's a treat to have you as a neighbor. Sure, you can put a gospel track that's friendly to kids or a good news glove. Maybe the Jesus film for kids. But if you do, please don't forget to add the candy as well. Remember, every good and perfect gift comes from God. And that can be a candy treat in October. It is wonderful as people knock on our doors, engage them to start a relationship or go deeper in a relationship and to give them a treat. Be known as the generous house, not, oh, those are the people that don't believe in candy because they're Christians. But don't forget the parents as well. As they're walking around with their kids, how about have a drink table outside? Cold water bottles for where it's hot or hot cider and hot chocolate and to-go cups for where it's cold. In Romans 15 too, Paul encourages the Romans saying, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. How can we please our neighbors? for their good to build them up. What common ground can we find on October 31st on Halloween? For me, as I'm driving in and out of my neighborhood, I like to ask God to show me what will build my neighbors up. What are each of their needs and how can I actually help meet that need? And then I try to have big eyes to watch for when God shows me a need. And when it happens and I'm like, oh, Lord, please, not right now. I don't have capacity. Then I pivot and say, Lord, thanks for showing me this need. Could you give me the capacity, the time and the energy to help meet that need? Now, on Halloween, as I greet my neighbors at the door, I'm probably not going to go through a four-point gospel presentation, but I am going to watch for how I can please my neighbors and encourage them verbally. It may simply be a conversation to say, I'm so glad you came by my house. You have the cutest outfit and find something with common ground and begin and start a relationship and build them up even with sugar. I love those ideas, Pam. In fact, I want to come trick-or-treating at your house and those glow sticks. Wonderful idea. Just had a dear friend in town who left some goodie bags for our boys and the glow sticks for the party that never stopped until they died out. Wonderful idea for all ages. 
Maybe you're that person, though, on Halloween and you don't like hearing the doorbell ring over and over or have to get up from the couch. Maybe you could just sit outside with some candy and greet the people as they come. In fact, Pam mentioned, hey, check out the cute costumes. I'm going to brag our first boy. He was nine months old. He's clearly not going to go trick-or-treating. And we got him the cutest baby Yoda costume we have ever seen. So basically, we put him out like eye candy on my lap. Everybody loved him. Everybody was drawn to him. They didn't care what kind of candy we had in our bucket. And we loved it. And then when it was his bedtime, of course, I didn't want the doorbell ringing. I sat out there and dad put him to bed. It was awesome. And I got to see people and talk to them. We were actually pleasantly surprised how easy and fun that was. Also, you could throw a party before trick-or-treating. Parents and their children need sustenance to carry all that candy home. This year, we're going to do something similar. We are going to be hosting our friends from our small group Bible study. And we're not doing normal Bible study. We're like, man, we got to be outside and be around people and our neighbors. What an opportunity. We're going to invite them over, play some yard games out in the front yard. Do you have any idea what kind of yard games you're going to do? I have a tendency to want to pull out too many. My beloved pickleball, a smaller version of it, cornhole, possibly some can jam, something for little kids, going fishing for something in a little bowl of water. We basically want to be the party in the front yard, not the backyard. That way we can host trick-or-treaters and they can stay and play in our yard games, get a drink, whatever they may need for fuel before the sugar rush, get some pizza or something like that. And we'll have people chip in for that. And we'll also have some friends bring some candy to hand out. So it's not so much just for our host home. Maybe we'll get creative and have a photo op station with pumpkins or offer some dog treats in a water bowl. But either way, we're going to be together and it's going to be fun. It sounds fun. I actually want to go. Now, will your kids go trick-or-treating in the midst of this as well? Oh, yes. Heaven forbid. They would be so sad if we didn't go. And we also see that as a fun opportunity to kind of divide and conquer as parents. So what we do is we have some parents stay back, hand out treats to the kids that come by our house. And then the other half, we go trick-or-treating with our kids. And it's fun, the conversations that we have as we go from house to house and our kids are trucking along with us. We meet new neighbors, we meet old neighbors. It's, It's actually a pretty fun party, if I do say so myself. People are providing the goods and we're just partaking and having fun. I think it's one of the best neighborhood social that none of us actually had to plan too much. I mean, you're going to plan your party. None of us have to say, hey, let's have a treat day on October 31st. It's already set up. We just all get to jump in and be a part. Since the pandemic, I've noticed Halloween, people are setting up shop out in their driveway. People are seeing this as an opportunity to hang out and have community, no matter what your spiritual background is. And so you're right. The party's already out there. Go join in. No publicity involved. And as Chip and Joanna say, teamwork makes the dream work. So what would that look like at your house? Maybe inviting a friend over? Who knows? Jessalyn, we don't have many trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood. But this year, one of the newer neighbors has organized a special event. Ride on the hayride from house to house that is available Tuesday night to give out candy. And I'm so excited to finally have Littles coming to our house. I can't wait to see who comes. I love to greet them and to find common ground. I love to encourage. The bottom line, I want to try to bond over a fun social night that brings everyone outside to be together. Whatever you do, please don't leave a note on your door saying, we are Christians, thus we don't celebrate Halloween. Even if your conviction is, I cannot embrace Halloween, you can still be a treater. Fall is a great time to think through new neighbors to welcome. 
Maybe you assemble a fall gift bag with simple ideas. Maybe it's a candle that has a seasonal pumpkin smell. Mrs. Meyer's cleaning supplies. Go ahead and put a real pumpkin in there. Maybe some gourmet popcorn with a fall flavor. It doesn't have to be the cutest basket. Something is better than nothing. Don't be paralyzed to have to put it all together perfectly. I personally forego the basket and I'd get a big clear bag from Dollar Tree and put a seasonal ribbon on it with a card. In the note, I might say it's a treat having you as a neighbor. Maybe I'll go out on a limb and say pop on over anytime and leave my name and my number. Giving a gift without an agenda, other than to be welcoming and show care, can build trust and create opportunities down the road. But beware, if you give a gift and invite them to come over at any time, they might come. My husband and I did gift baskets during the pandemic for all those that had moved in, and my husband went and delivered them. One neighbor wasn't home when he dropped it off. But 20 minutes later, they had found it and they were so excited to have been welcomed that they got on their bikes and they came over ringing my doorbell. Now, I personally was still in my flannel PJs and was not expecting guests. We had the best conversation on the porch, getting to know them and saying, come as you are, so glad to get to know you. Now, what I say in my note may not fit what you would say. This is not a one-size-fit-all. For me, I'm trying to convey, glad you're here. Let me know if I can help make your entry to the neighborhood any easier. Whatever your personality and capacity, the heart is to say, welcome to the neighborhood. Something is better than nothing. I had a friend move in one winter and I sent her a text saying, I'm so excited that you're in our neighborhood. And then I got busy. I had a family emergency and it six months went by and I had never invited them over. And I have to tell you, I felt a lot of guilt and shame that I hadn't welcomed them more. But you know what? It's never too late to do the right thing and try to tell somebody you're glad you're there. The heart of a gift or a note is to begin a relationship with a new neighbor and for us to try and take the first step to say hi. I've missed so many opportunities over the years. It's not that I can be best friends with everyone or even available to everyone that moves in, but I will never forget moving to Nacogdoches 36 years ago and trying to find my place. I was busy in college ministry and loved my college students who were kindred spirits, but couldn't find my place with peers. It seemed like everyone had their friends and their schedules were full and they didn't need any more. One of my teammates and I said, hey, we need to watch for who moves out of NAC and see who their friends were and see if they want to become friends with us. We wanted to be known. Reaching out to a new neighbor is not committing your life to be there for all their needs. It is taking a step of faith and saying, God, as I'm praying for those who move into my neighborhood, I trust you brought them here. Don't let me miss what you're calling me to in their life. Most people are busy and are not looking for new best friends. But even in each of our busyness, many are lonely in a five-minute conversation where we are curious about them, listen, and show care speaks volumes. Pam, I love the idea that we can all be a treater. And one other way to be a treater is maybe to volunteer at your kid's school. I know my boys' school, there's always an opportunity, even since they've been in preschool, to come help out with a class party or to bring treats. And volunteering and being the one to pick out the non-scary plates or fun, just jump into it. Enjoy it. Use the opportunity to get to know other parents or your child's teachers or their friends. That's the best place. Another way to be a treater is to be a tricky treater. 
You can do random acts of kindness throughout this month to encourage different people. One time when we were working with fifth and sixth grade girls, we took them on an adventure one evening to leave treats to three different people that were going through hard times. We made signs, wrote a note, gave a little gift, and we went up to their door and left those treats. Now, in today's day, I might encourage you to call the parents ahead of time and let them know that you're sneaking around the front yard leaving treats. But our girls loved getting to be tricky treaters. Elizabeth Hasselhoff, she does something called pump up pumpkins. She says, buy one of those little pumpkins, think of someone you would like to encourage, and write them a short note or a word. Go leave it at their desk at work or on their porch at their house or maybe by their car and say, I want to pump you up. It is the thought that counts. It doesn't have to take a lot of money or a lot of time, but just saying to people, I see you and I care about you. I love that, Pam. I think that's something I can do since I don't love to bake. You know what else we can do in the fall? We can host an event because you know what? The fall weather is awesome and everybody's dying to get outside and pumpkin decorating is a great option for this season. If hosting a big group feels overwhelming, you can have a few kids over. Less can be more. Last year, I had this opportunity with my neighbor. I wasn't planning on having anybody over, but I went to the grocery store, saw the mini pumpkins, thought, those are so cute. I'm going to be that crafty mom, and we're just going to paint them. I don't want to deal with carving them. That's messy. We'll just paint. I got them. I came back home. And as we pulled into the driveway, I see our neighbors playing out in the front yard. And she said, what are y'all up to? And I said, painting pumpkins. Why don't you come over? And it was so fun. And it was super and quick and easy, to be honest. One of our teammates of Pam and I have done this for three years in a row. She is convinced it has propelled relationships with her neighbors from, I don't know you at all, to, I enjoy you. I can see myself visiting you in your home. It has been a success with families and kids of all ages. There are lots of ways you can do this to make it work for you. Providing a miniature pumpkin, some paints, stickers, ribbons, and let the kids have at it. The kids love it. And the parents will be uber thankful for you providing this experience. And it's just plain fun. Older kids can even do the pumpkin carving. Other fall events can be an outdoor movie night or any other kind of neighborhood social. Not too long ago, my family and I decided to host a grill and chill. I mentioned earlier, I love yard games. We brought our grill outside in the front yard. My husband grilled hamburgers and hot dogs. We asked every neighbor if they could come, bring a camping chair and a side. And we had so much food. People were eager to come. And I asked a couple of friends to help out so I could mingle as a host. We sat in the front yard. People easily engaged with one another. There is just something special about sharing a meal with one another. People feel connected. Feel free to invite even just one person or a family or many. People are dying to connect relationally. And that grill and chill changed the dynamic on our street and opened the door to new friendships. Jessalyn, I love that. That was something you felt really comfortable with. Grilling, having people over in the front yard, and then letting other people be a part. For some of us, we might have one special recipe we like to make. Do that. Bottom line is, it's not about the specific food. It's more about we all need to eat. So let's get together and have some relationships. We have a great chili recipe that we'll share on the Call to Shine Instagram. Now, for everyone that doesn't like chili, this is the chili that when we serve it, people say, I love your chili. It is simple. It is gluten-free and it's easy to serve. You can heat up the day before in the crock pot and it gets better over time. Now, one other idea, we've also hosted a junior high party that was a lot of fun. We called it the Fear Not Party. 
because we embrace this is not a season that you have to fear. And we hosted it with another family. We had a large bonfire and around it, we told them they were going to come and hear scary stories. And we told some of the original Halloween stories when All Saints Day was put on the calendar and 24 hours ahead of that was All Hallows Eve. And it was the day to remember those that had actually been martyred for their faith in Christ and how they had stood strong and said, I will not recant my faith. I believe in Jesus. And we told some of the stories around the bonfire. And as we told Polycarp and different stories, we told them about why these people were faithful to Christ and they did not fear death. They feared not having God. There are a lot of scary things around this tricky season of Halloween, but the thing you don't have to fear is being in relationship with God and knowing he'll be with you always. We also did a costume contest where they paraded across the porch in their costumes to music, and we played flashlight tag. The kids laughed. The kids played. They felt like this was fun, and it was a bonding time. That does sound fun. My kids would love that. And my kids love talking about scary things. I say, why not talk about it if everybody else is? Now, if these ideas seem a little overwhelming to you in this season in your capacity, No worries. Let us suggest one simple idea. Get outside. That's all you need to do this fall. Hang out in your yard. Go for a walk. Move the party from the backyard to the front yard. Ask God to give you an opportunity to say hi to someone you can begin a friendship with or go deeper with. And then watch out for the opportunity because I believe it'll come. Remember, stars shine brightest when they are the closest. Stop and consider who is closest to you. How can you share your light and warmth to those around you by simply being kind, giving treats, and beginning as well as going deeper in friendship? Ask God to nudge you when he's calling you to step out and show care. And remember, he is in charge of the results. Benjamin Franklin wanted to interest the people in Philadelphia in street lighting. He did not organize a town meeting, nor did he try to persuade the people by talking about it. He acted upon what he considered a good idea. He hung a beautiful lantern on a lawn bracket in front of his house. He kept the glass polished and he carefully trimmed and lit the wick every evening at the approach of dusk. The lamp helped the people see the pavement ahead and made them feel more secure at night. Others began placing lights in front of their houses. Soon, Philadelphia recognized the need for street lights. Today, we can be the one to light up our neighborhoods with the light of life. We can let God's love, His care, His warmth shine to those in our path by showing mercy and love. And then we can trust God with the results and see how He lights up our neighborhoods and our city. We have so much more to explore together, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if today has inspired or encouraged you, you can help others find us by taking a moment to give us a review on your favorite podcast streaming site. As our thanks for joining us here, we invite you to follow us on Instagram at Called to Shine and find out how to enter to win a pair of Apple AirPods. As part of our Called to Shine Instagram community, you will get encouragement and ideas to help you connect to the people around you. As always, you can find resources to help you shine the light of Jesus at nbstogo.com, Neighbor Bible Studies to Go. In our next episode, stars shine brightest when it's darkest. Who is going through a dark time that you can shine God's light and warmth with simply your presence and just showing up? Thanks for joining us. We are called to shine.